Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, we ask you to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. Uh, there you will find a bulletin for the service so you can follow along, as well as uh, a place where you can give your offering to the Lord and His church uh, there on the, under the Give tab. I've got a few announcements to share with you this morning before we begin worship as usual. Uh, we, have a, we have a very special guest with us this day. The Reverend Stanish Stanley will share the word with us. Pastor Stanley is the Executive Director for Christian Friends of New Americans. That's a, a ministry to refugees and immigrants here in St. Louis. And CFNA is one of our mission emphases this year. Uh, we thank Pastor Stanley for being here today, for sharing the word, for leading Bible class uh, last hour as well. Um, if you didn't have a chance to hear that or listen to him, if you have some questions after service, I know that he'd be very happy to answer any questions you've got about that important ministry. And we thank Pastor Stanley for being with us here today. Make sure to sign up your table for Trivia Night, which is Saturday the 5th of March. All proceeds from Trivia Night will benefit our mission partners, of course, which include Christian Friends of New Americans. Uh, sign up your table at the Welcome Center, or uh, if trivia is not your thing, and, and I love trivia, but I know there's people who don't, um, so if it's not your thing, uh, please volunteer. There's uh, plenty of, of opportunities to volunteer and help that evening as well. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, uh, it was scheduled for this past Saturday, but we changed it to next Saturday, the 12th, starting at 10 a.m. We will hear from another mission partner, Mike and Jean Miller, from Day 3 Seeds. We will gather to hear about mission work going on in Guatemala. Uh, we will pack some seeds that are going to be heading off to Uganda in East Africa, and we will enjoy a wonderful lunch together as well. If you wouldn't mind, if you could sign up at the, at the Welcome Center for that so we know you're coming. That's this upcoming Saturday, February 12th starting at 10 in the morning. And then next Sunday, the 13th of February, uh, Chapel will be hosting our annual marriage anniversary celebration here in the sanctuary. We'll start that around 12 noon or soon after the 11 o'clock service is concluded. Uh, we invite all married couples and their families to come, and the couples will renew their wedding vows and celebrate that special gift of marriage that God has given. If, and if, as we've done this uh, in, in years past, we asked uh, couples if you wouldn't mind bringing your special wedding photos to display for that as well. We'll have those. Uh, we'll have a special table to display that in in the in the commons area. It's always fun to see that. Again, that's next Sunday, the 13th of February, following the 11 o'clock service. And we thank our life team for. Um, uh, bringing to mind the wonderful, wonderful gift of life that God gives and, and celebrating that special gift as we think about the sanctity of human life. Uh, this past month, they did a fun thing with the um, Guess the Baby contest that was at, uh, in the commons area that was that, uh, that board up there with 50 pictures of members of chapel, a lot of you, um, and you had to pick who is who. I did not do very well. I could pick out my family, and that's, that's about it. Um, but uh, there's one who won that contest who did very well. Sherry Brown got 21 of those 50, so good for her. Um, and, uh, and now there's a list there that tells who is who. So you can go and see who those babies are, and, and we do thank God for the gift of life. And that kind of brings it home and brings it, brings it to light. So we thank our, our life team for that, for sure. And uh, Pastor Ellery Glenn is now at Jefferson Barracks Rehabilitation Hospital. And he's going to be there for some time. He's going to be there for several months as he rehabs from a spinal injury. If you would like to send him a card or a letter, some words of encouragement, 
I know that would go a long way with, with Pastor Glenn. So I encourage you to do that. His address is listed in your chapel weekly. It's on the first page, kind of on the left-hand side in the middle. So if you, you look there and if you, could, if you could take some time to share uh, some words of, of love and encouragement with Pastor Glenn, that would, that would be very much welcomed, I know. Especially because now he cannot receive visitors as, as uh, per their, their COVID guidelines down there. So, uh, and please keep him also in your prayers as he recovers. God's blessings to you as, you wor- as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, God Himself is Present, as that's printed for you on page two in your bulletin. We stand to sing together. make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us.
But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the sixth chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah has an amazing vision of the seraphim. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple.
Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. This is the word of the Lord. praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. 
I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians. Paul writes of the importance of building up the church. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words than to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil infants, but in your thinking, be adults. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. 
Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn, Hark the Voice of Jesus Christ.
Grace, peace, and mercy to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Pastor Ted mentioned in his introduction, I am Pastor Stanish, and I work with Christian Friends of New Americans, CFNA, a ministry that reaches out to refugees and immigrants in the St. Louis city area. And recently, you've been hearing about a lot of refugees um, in the news, mostly people from Afghanistan, people who have uh, uh, fled for their lives um, ever since August, trying to settle down in a new country, be safe from the Taliban, so that they would have a decent shot at life, just to live with their wife and with their kids and with their family. And so recently, what um, uh, Christian Friends of New Americans has been doing is to support the work of inter the International Institute of St. Louis that resettles these refugees here in St. Louis. And what we have been doing is simple things, like collecting used shoes and used winter coats for Afghan refugees uh, and distribute them in the hotels where these people are first placed before they can get a house in St. Louis to live. So for many Afghan refugees coming in now, at least four, four weeks in a hotel is a normal occurrence before they get a house. And that is where we go to the hotels where they live to distribute shoes and winter coats. These were not things that they imagined they would need as they ran to the nearest airport just to escape from the Taliban in August. In one such distribution that happened, I was um, having a conversation on the side, uh, as, as were some of our Lutheran Church volunteers as well, uh, who had brought these coats and uh, shoes to the hotel where the Afghans were living. And I engaged in a conversation with a person called Hamid. So Mr. Hamid um, escaped from the Taliban, ran to the airport uh, with his family, and he was amongst one of those lucky fellows who um, got to get onto, uh, onto an airplane, make his way all through Dubai and Doha, Qatar and all that, land here in an American military base in New Jersey, and now is here in St. Louis as a resettled refugee. And so as the conversation happened, he came to know that I am from India and um, we, were, we were doing these things with uh, these American friends who are here. And he asked the question finally, are you a Muslim? And so for me, the answer was no. I'm a Christian. I believe in Isa Nabi. In fact, I call it Isa Masih. Because I know that Muslims uh, believe in Isa Nabi, meaning Isa the prophet, whereas Christians believe in Isa Masih, Isa, Jesus the Messiah. For a moment, um, Hamid just stopped. He almost thought like, how come an Indian guy is not a Muslim and is a Christian? He hoped that probably I was Muslim too. But then he gathered himself and he said, I'm surprised there are so many Christian people coming here to help us, even while knowing that we are Muslim, we are Afghans. I know that many of the news items carry messages like there are Taliban influences and people here amongst these Afghan people, but still Christians are not afraid to come and help and serve people who are different from them, who are Afghanis and not Americans.
I thought about it, and yes, Christians are not afraid to serve people who are ethnically and who are religiously different from them. Because that is what the Lord calls us to do, what the Lord teaches us to do. That is what the Lord drives us to do, and that is what we heard in today's gospel lesson where Jesus ends that that little gospel interaction with uh, Simon Peter and with James and John and points out, do not fear. For from now, you will be catching people or you will be fishing for people. The lead up to the passage of Luke chapter five is very interesting because you see in Luke chapter four, especially chapter three, chapter four, Jesus is led to the waters of baptism. He is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then the Spirit kind of drives him into the wilderness to be tested. He is tested there too. And as he wins that victory over Satan and moves forward, he goes into the nearby villages of the sea, uh, around the Sea of Galilee and is teaching and healing people. And now at this present point in Luke chapter five, he is near the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret as it was called at the time too. And he is around a crowd of people. People are around him. They are listening to him. God, Jesus is proclaiming God's word and you feel the charisma of the man. You feel and you sense that Jesus is in command of what he is saying, what he is sharing and the people are listening in rapt attention. And so now Jesus has gotten onto a boat because the sea is there and it's fishermen around. And it seems like it is a boat belonging to Simon Peter. Simon, that very same Simon Peter whose mother-in-law was just healed recently in Luke chapter four. And Jesus gets onto the boat and starts teaching again. And as he concludes his teaching, we, we see how Jesus just asks Simon to cast out his net back into the sea so that he can get a catch. And you can almost sense the sense of, a, a sense of exasperation, a sense of anger which is controlled from Simon Peter because they have been doing this all night. Not even one fish has caught the bait and they are not biting. And Simon Peter says, yes, okay, master, I will put out my, my I will cast out the net, but we have not caught anything all night. It is useless. There is no need to do this. In other words, what Simon Peter is probably kind of also hinting at Jesus is to say, master, this is my domain. I know my trade. I know my skill. I know what I'm doing. You do not. You are just a teacher, maybe a healer but not a fisherman, of course. So you are getting into my domain. It seems an unnecessary, unsolicited advice from the master. It is foolish, an unnecessary waste of time and energy. And so, even though the sense is there, Simon does cast out his net. And what do you see? We hear of a big catch coming in to such an extent that Simon is scrambling to get all his other partners in, James and John and all his other fishermen to pull the fish that has been caught in the net back into the boat. And as they do that, the boat is almost sinking. 
a moment of realization, a moment where Simon Peter realizes that he is an unworthy, sinful man. As he falls at Jesus' feet, he is done. He is captivated by the divine presence and the divine power of this healer teacher. He asks for him to be left alone. I cannot handle this, is what Simon Peter is essentially saying. So friends, come to think of it, um, many times we also today, as disciples of the 21st century, realize that we also find it difficult to be in the midst of divine power and divine purpose, especially if that divine call from Jesus seems very difficult to trust and follow through on. We know that there is doubt in trusting what the Lord wants us to do, especially because our Sea of Galilee has changed. Our Lake of Gennesareth has changed. Our world is not the same anymore. We know that many people do not believe in Jesus anymore. Culture has changed to such an extent that it's all driven by science and technology and various things that are out there that has made life easier. In fact, it becomes much more difficult for us, especially when we know that our very own people, our very own dear ones who were in the Lord, are suddenly not following Jesus, but probably following their favorite person on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Twitter. That is what they want to listen to. The message of Jesus just does not appeal to our culture and people anymore. And it is tough for the disciples of Jesus today to share the message, to listen to God's call and go out and cast the net to fish for people. And so what happens? What we see is it gives a free reign to the worldly message to be pronounced more prominently. It's a worldly message of pursue your own individuals, individualism, go after your own selfish interests, build up your material prosperity. And that is where our worldly message is right now. And so in the midst of such a message, it becomes difficult for God's people to go out and answer the call. Because it might seem foolish, it might seem difficult to do, it might seem dangerous to go out and cast out the gospel net for others. And it is in such circumstances that Jesus' word comes back to us. Do not be afraid, for I will make you, or I will make you catch people. And so, even if that message is still there, we slowly retreat, retreat to our own comfort zones. We slowly retreat to our own places of worship where we know the people who worship with us, where we know how we can be safe and comfortable, where we know that we can be loved and blessed. But going out to the outside of our comfort zones becomes difficult. That is not the place where we want to be. At the very least, we, we make the claim that we are unworthy. 
that we are sinful people too, that we are not properly equipped to do this job. So let us leave it to those who are trained, maybe the pastors and the DCEs, and not us. It is in such a situation that the worldly message becomes stronger. Individualism, as we see, is more rampant in our society. And we see, as the people seek to get more and accomplish more, unfortunately, we see that they are even unsatisfied more. There is more broken relationships in families in, and in the person themselves. There is brokenness in our community. There is a trail of violence, disaster, and destruction everywhere. And so, and so, as we retreat because of fear, the worldly message takes over and makes things more dangerous for this very world in which we live. But you see, our Lord and Savior is not one who retreats. If we are afraid to go into the depths and the dangerous places of this world, of this Sea of Galilee that we are in, it is our Lord and Savior himself who does the job for us. He does not have any skepticism or doubt in his mind as to what needs to be done to redeem back and to bring back and to restore back those broken relationships that have happened. And so he goes out with his message. He goes out into those dark places of this world, into the dangerous places of our society, but also into the dangerous and dark desires of our heart. He touches us there. He blesses us with his message. And he shares his love and compassion with us. And as he does that, he has to pay a price. And he, he, he is even ready to do that, to lay down his very life, pay the price with his own flesh and blood, so that you and I can be caught into a message, caught into the gospel net of a kingdom that speaks and gives forgiveness, love, and a hope of new life. It is this gospel net into which you and I have been caught in by the grace of our Lord Jesus because of what he has done. And this is how you and I have been redeemed and have been caught to become his disciples, to go out and share the same message then to others so that they too can experience that forgiveness, love and compassion and mercy that our Lord has shared so freely with us. And this is the story to which you and I belong. That even when we were sinners, when we were unworthy people, when as Prophet Isaiah points out, he, when we had unclean lips, that we would be chosen in the grace of God to become his very vehicles of a message that was different. A message that was restoring, a message that brought hope and new life to others. That is what I shared with uh, my friend Hamid my new Afghan friend whom I met just a few weeks ago. As I heard his observation about Christians, I said, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, yes, and all these Christian people, these American friends who are here with shoes and coats wanting to serve and help you and bless you, we are not bold people or courageous people because we are strong. 
we are we are bold and courageous to serve even people who are different even if it means muslims only because our lord jesus was strong he was the bold one and he taught us a bold message he gave us a bold spirit and that was to be a blessing to others to go out and serve our needy neighbor only because of what he has blessed us with and so that's why we are here we do not cast out the net of the gospel so that we can catch fish that will be very soon to die we cast out the gospel net because we bring people in who are living into a living faith with a living god who is powerful who has blessed us with his holy spirit who has given us the hope of new life in his resurrection so that we can build up a kingdom that truly represents him his message and his glory alone and so that is the story to which and the kingdom to which you and i belong as disciples of christ that is the net that we are told to cast out to others whether the whether we bring the catch in or not is not in our hands that is in the hands of god and in his spirit alone but at the very least you and i are called to throw out the net to cast out the gospel net through our words and deeds so that others can be brought into the kingdom and so let it be so that god's people who hear this message today go out into their world and cast out the gospel net to maybe your own family member who needs to hear it maybe to your own community that needs redemption or maybe to the outsider to the stranger to the neighbor who walks in let it be so that his kingdom and his gospel net brings in the catch through you and me as disciples of our great god amen now may the peace that passeth all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in christ jesus alone amen together we stand and confess our common christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed that's printed on page 10 in your bulletin. We confess our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord of all things, we know that we are unworthy to stand before you, yet we come into your presence through the invitation of your Son and call upon you to hear and to answer us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, lead us to heed your call to discipleship and to follow you that we may become fishers of people for the cause of life in your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, give us many opportunities to display your your love to others and to share your word with others. Remind us that whatever we do for the least of our brothers and sisters, we do it for you. Lord, we ask for your blessings to be given to the ministry of Christian Friends of New Americans. Continue to work in and through them as they show the love of Christ and share the gospel with your people. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, give us your peace that we may know the healing power of your love. Take away our fears that we may know fully the joy and comfort of your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we celebrate Black History Month during this month of February, we remember and we give thanks especially for faithful African Americans who have inspired us and have had a positive impact on our lives. We praise you, Lord, for guiding us through their example and for their gifts of love shared with us. Open our hearts, Lord, so that we work toward justice, equality, and a world of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Unite us in the one true faith that you have granted to us in our baptisms. Break down all unnecessary divisions within your church on earth that we may not be distracted from the great mission that's before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great God, show your healing grace to the sick, your comfort to the suffering, and your peace to the dying. Today we especially remember Phil Hine, who is hospitalized, and pray for health and for healing for him. We also ask you to bless those who mourn, especially the family and loved ones of Shirlene Bauer, who died in the Lord this past Thursday. Comfort them and give them hope in your promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray a prayer of thanksgiving along with Anaya Cleveland and her family as she celebrates her 13th birthday this week. We rejoice with Claire Miller at the birth of a great-grandson, Walker Eldon Larson, born this past Friday. And we give thanks with Jennifer and Jason Curley upon the birth of a baby girl, Abigail Ruth, born yesterday. yesterday. Give these children and their parents your grace and bless them in every way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, How Clear is Our Vocation, Lord. <laughs>